0: praise the Lord, this, this evening, I want to talk to you about courage for the battle because, well, for one reason, that's what God told me to do, but second of all, why did he, is because we're in a time in the, in the body of Christ and that we are going to have to be warriors. We can no longer uh, be people who have just, are spectators. You know, a lot of the church is just spectators. You know, they they come to a meeting and they just, you know, entertain me, do whatever. They want the music to entertain them. They want the speaker to entertain them. This is not entertainment. You're at the wrong place if you come for entertainment. But I believe the Wednesday night crowd doesn't come for entertainment. (laughs) Unless it's the Thanksgiving talent show or something. No, praise God, we've come. To be equipped to do the work of the ministry. Because, you know, uh, someone was talking to me about, you know, wanting to be in Bible school. Praise God for Bible schools, But really, if you look in the scriptures, that uh, God really ordained the local church to be your Bible school. That's why we encourage people to bring notebooks, to bring their Bible, to study, to show yourself approved. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen? And so, if I come, whatever service I come if I come in expecting to be taught of the Lord, amen, then I will receive. It doesn't matter who's preaching. I've been to some meetings that, you know, the preacher was preaching stuff that I knew wasn't according to the word. And in my early days, I would used to have my little, as we call in the south, a little hissy fit and uh, get my little, like I knew better than everybody else, and walk out of there. I'd never hear that guy again. But thank God that God starts working on you. Amen. And he says, you learn to sit and listen. I found out I didn't know everything. And uh, thank God for that. Amen. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was like when the first time I heard uh, R.W. Shambach, well, I had to get up at 7 o'clock in the morning. And in the south, especially in Texas, in the Bible Belt, you can hear a preacher all day long on all kinds of channels. So I had my, my radio on to one of the Christian channels. And my alarm went off at 7 every morning. And you know what preacher was preaching every morning at 7 o'clock? R.W. Schambach. Now, if y'all don't know who he is, he is a preaching machine. And R.W. Schambach started every one of his serv- uh, you know, services, like the radio thing. This is what he would start. You don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. And I would slam that thing. <laughs> Shush. Every day I would start out mad. I don't like a preacher screaming at me, and I mean I every day. Now I didn't change. I could have gone to another channel, you know, another tuned the radio to another station. Oh no, I kept it on that one. And every morning I would hit my radio because that made it stop. And I would go in the bathroom, and I'd start washing my face and go, God, I don't like to be screamed at. Like, God, can you talk to R.W. Shambach and tell him that Brownie is not happy? Of course, I didn't think God would do that. But I didn't think God would do this either. One day I was brushing my teeth, and I had slammed down, and I was I started mad every day. And I went in the bathroom, and I'm washing my face, and I'm mad. I don't like that screaming preacher. And God said, it would do you good to listen to him. (laughs) I'd never heard any more than what I just told you. That's all I'd ever heard him preach because I didn't like it. And I had to repent, and I had to start listening. (laughs) And you know what? I started learning how to move by the Holy Spirit and how to have miracles. I didn't agree with everything he preached. He probably didn't agree with everything I preached. But the thing is, I could find something and I could learn something he could teach me. He taught me that I never wanted to be a screaming preacher. (laughs) But you know what? He was successful because he was who God made him to be. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we're in a time where uh, there's going to be some battles. Now, we, since time began, there's been battles, spiritual battles. In fact, this is how this all started, right? Satan was the praise and worship leader in heaven. And he started thinking he was pretty hot stuff. And he started wanting the glory. And he started thinking he could be better than God. That's a stupid thought. I bet if he could tell you now, he'd tell you that was a stupid thought. No, he's a liar. He would tell you that was a good thought. But what happened? He got kicked out of heaven. But in the meantime, he talked a third of the angels into going down with him. And that's what hell was created for. Hell was not created for man. It wasn't God's plan. And that's why God wants us to preach the gospel to all men. Amen, to every tribe, every tongue, so that they can be saved. Amen. Let's go to Joshua 1. How many know who Joshua was? He didn't have any parents because he was the son of none. <laughs> oh, yes. Hallelujah. Joshua was, the, was part of the pair that went in to spy out the land. Twelve spies went in. Ten of them came back and said, we can't do it. We're as grasshoppers in their sight. There's giants in the land. We can't do this. But there were two of them that had a different report. Listen, let me tell you this. The majority is almost always wrong. (laughs) That's why, scripturally, you don't see people voting, It's not scriptural to vote in a pastor. Find that in the Bible. Why? Because it's not by popular vote. It's who God says. And if God says it, then I better get in line and agree with it. Amen? So praise the Lord. Joshua came back, he and Caleb, and said, we're well able to take the land. Now, this is so wonderful about Joshua. You know, Moses was his boss. And Moses is leading the people of Israel, and he's leading them into the wilderness. Now, remember, they could have gone through that wilderness in a little over two weeks. This still amazes me. Sometimes I sit down and think, two weeks, and it took them 40 years? I mean, I've gotten lost before and disoriented, but 40 years? They were lost. (laughs) They needed the GPS, God's position. <laughs> but Moses was leading them. And what, one thing about Joshua, if you'll read, Joshua just wanted to stay with Moses all the time. Joshua wanted to serve Moses. Now listen, Joshua could have thought, well, I'm pretty hot stuff, you know. I'm I'm one that came with a good report. God said theirs was an evil report. Me and Caleb were pretty important. But he was a servant. He served Moses. In fact, when Moses went up on the mountain, where was Joshua? He went on the mountain too. Now, he didn't go all the way up. But he went as far as God and Moses would let him. Now, Aaron, Moses' brother. Hallelujah for family. Amen. Amen. Aaron's the one that stayed down and... and, uh, (coughs) Decided to be a goldsmith and create this wonderful gold animal, this bull. And then when Moses comes down and says, what is this? Aaron says, I don't know. I don't know how that happened. (laughs) It's like people today. You know, people, they speak against, you know, leadership. They speak against people in the church. And then when stuff starts happening, they'll go, I don't know how that happened. How'd that happen? Because we weren't watching what we were saying. It's our big mouse that's getting us in trouble. So, anyway, Joshua stayed with Moses. And then we find in Joshua 1, the famous statement where God says to Joshua, Moses is dead. Do you think that was a great revelation to Joshua? No, but God was acknowledging I know. Don't you think Joshua was having to deal with his own feelings of, I love Moses. And I wanted Moses to go in the promised land. Because when you love somebody, you want them to fulfill their dreams. And Joshua was one that was always serving Moses, so I'm sure he wanted Moses to go into the promised land. And we know that Moses couldn't because of what God said, but Moses was doing okay. He, he didn't uh, suffer a whole lot when he left this earth, you know. But Joshua was probably dealing with some of this stuff, and God comes immediately to give him instructions. I remember the first sermon that Jonathan preached after his father went to heaven was Joshua 1. Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, arise. That's what you got to do. You got to arise and go. But God didn't just say, go do it. He gives you instructions how to do it. God's not expecting us, you know, God doesn't tell you, I want you to do such and such, and then figure it out yourself. He's got instructions. So let's read Joshua 1. Now, it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant. Now, see, Joshua wasn't even, didn't even have his own identity at that point. He was called Moses' servant. You know what? If I never have my own identity and I'm called Jesus' servant, I'm very happy with that. It's not important that people know our name. It's important that they know his name. It's not important that people know the name of the word church. It's important that they know his name. Amen? We're here to make his name famous. Amen? That's what we're here for. So I just like it that Joshua is referred to Moses' servant, even after Moses is dead. Listen, I serve Brother Copeland and Brother Savelle For several years. I played the piano for Brother Savelle. I was Brother Copeland's data processing manager. And I served them. And do you know it's in me today? I'm not with them, but if I'm I'm in a meeting, they got like 50 people to, to take care of them. You know what I'm doing? I'm making sure Brother Copeland has water. I'm making sure that no one bothers him. It's not my job. He's got big old guys to do that now. But it's in my heart to serve Him, and when He came to Texas Canada in September, when we were there, and you know, my I was supposed to be leading prayer, and I did that, but immediately, one of the ushers came up and said, "Brother Copley wants to see you and your family." Well, do you think I was going to say, "Well, just wait and let me finish"? No, because I I serve. And when you serve someone, it doesn't matter if you're separated by 2,000 miles. It's in your heart to serve them. Amen? It's just in your heart. And we need to become servants. Because really, when we serve others, we're serving Jesus. Amen? It's not the man. It's who God is in the man or the woman. Amen? So Joshua was Moses' servant. Moses my servant is dead now therefore arise cross this Jordan you and all this people to the land which I'm going to get, giving to them to the sons of Israel every place on which the sole of your foot treads I've given to you just as I spoke to Moses there's that covenant relationship again what's Moses's is yours Joshua From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. Verse 5. No man. No man. I don't know about you, but I got that circled big in my Bible. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. See, you can be strong and courageous if you believe God's with you. But your first thing is you've got to believe that God's with you. And that when he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, that's what Jesus said, right? And this is what God says to Joshua here. Then we believe it. So if I believe it, then I can do whatever. I can be strong and courageous. You know, when we're weak and cowardly is when we don't know who's with us. That's why we need to be with each other. We need to be for each other. Amen. We need to encourage one another. Because sometimes the enemy separates us and he causes us to think we're all by ourselves. That we're the only one. Well, we see that in the Bible several times, don't we? Where the prophet thought he was the only prophet. There was a whole bunch of them. So you have to understand that the key to being strong and courageous, number one, is to know God's with you. If I know God's with me, I'm going to the Philippines next week. And I'm going where they're telling. I'm getting notices from the Canadian government. Every other day I could go get my phone in show you every other day I'm getting notices don't go because the Muslim terrorists are known in that area Zimbabwe to capture Americans and kidnap them and ransom them for money but they've been doing that for many years and we've never not gone but you know what we say to our Filipino pastors that are escorting us we always tell them if you Don't want to go with us. We'll go by ourselves. And there's no problem. We tell our team, if you have a check in your spirit, don't go. But when God says go, you go. Amen. Kind of off the subject. Be strong and courageous. For you shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. I want to stop there. I don't know if I'm going to get through. If I'm stopping like at every sentence. But (laughs) he says, you be strong and courageous for, listen to this. You shall give this people possession. The key here, something that I hadn't seen before. Joshua had to be strong and courageous. So those people could get their possession. It wasn't about Joshua. It was about the people. He said, you be strong and courageous. For you shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to you. God himself has taken his hands off. And we'll see that. I'm going to show you that in a few minutes. Where God is saying, I have entrusted this job to Joshua to see to it. That they possess this land. Well we know scripturally. That God is calling us to possess the land. Amen. And it's not for us. Although God wants us to live in the promised land. And he wants us to live in the land of abundance. You know. and I'm talking about spiritually and physically. But it's more important. That I get victory in my life. So that I can show victory to someone else. Amen. Because if I'm always depressed, if I'm always uh, sick, if I'm always whatever, then most of my prayer time, most of my time is spent on me, getting me fixed. But I'll give you a secret. If you'll give unto others, even when you don't feel like you qualify. You know, I've had people, it's like, how can I pray for someone? I'm sick. Listen, I have had a broken wrist and had a healing meeting and laid that cast on every one of them. The devil said, you can't have a healing meeting. Now you got a cast on your arm. What are they going to think? A healer, healing meeting and you come in with a cast. I said, you just watch me. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> you don't mess with me about that. And my my wrist got healed, by the way. The doctor said it was one of the worst breaks I'd ever seen. And after that healing meeting, I went back and said, take the cast off. Oh, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) It had been like uh, maybe eight days, I think, at that time. Take the cast off. No. No. Yes, take the cast off. Because, to tell you the truth, there was a guy here in Lloydminster that owned a machine shop, I think, whatever that was he had, but. He threatened, if the doctor won't take it off, I'll cut it off. Uh, I wanted the doctor to take it off. So they x-rayed it and found there there was no sign of a break. And they had said it was one of the worst breaks they'd ever seen. Now see, the devil said, you can't have a healing meeting because you have a cast on your arm. And the people will say, how dare you try and preach healing? What about you? Well, they said that to Jesus, didn't they? Physician, heal thyself. If you are the king, if you are the Lord, come down off that cross. Save yourself. They don't get it. So, you know, you don't ever stop doing what God calls you to do because of your own limitations. Amen? You believe God that as you do unto others, it will be done unto you. When I was believing God to have a baby... I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many women I prayed for that wanted a baby, that the doctor said couldn't have a baby. And I, I I mean, I would go back in a year and they would bring babies to me and show me babies and I still had no baby. It didn't stop me. Because I believed every time I laid hands on them that that power is coming in me. When they showed me a baby, it just made my faith bigger. Okay, I can have a baby. God's no respecter of persons if they... They got a baby, I'll have a baby. Amen? Amen. So Joshua's, I I just want you to see that. It says, for you shall give the people this possession. Only be strong and courageous. He tells him again, very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. See, it's important to listen to who your teachers are. Moses was Joshua's teacher, but Moses was the prophet of God. Now, what's the scripture say? That if we will hear the word of the prophet and listen and obey, we will prosper. Amen? So there's, there is scriptural reasons for this. Do not turn from it. In other words, don't turn from what Moses taught you to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. Isn't that a wonderful thing that God wants us to have success wherever we go? Well, now Joshua, don't you think he might have had a thought? Well, I thought we could take the land, but everybody else except Caleb said we couldn't. And now God says, i got to lead the people in. Don't you think the enemy came and reminded him? suspect he had the same thoughts that you and i have sometimes that are sent by the enemy by the way not our thoughts do you understand that thoughts every thought that comes in your head doesn't mean it's your thought that's a great revelation i think i should have got some bigger amens on that one maybe you already knew that revelation but i knew it too and i'll still amen it every thought that comes in my head is not my thought I'm going to preach to you. (laughs) Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart. Now remember, what book was he talking about? He didn't have this whole Bible. What book did he talk about? The book of the law. He had those first five books. The Torah. He had the Torah. Right? And that's what God was saying. Don't let that depart from your your eyes. from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. See, you're not supposed to pick and choose your favorite scriptures. <laughs> I remember years ago when when God was talking to us about starting to call ourselves the word church. I remember David said, we don't want to be the favorite word church. But sometimes... Are you like me sometimes and you open your Bible? And you're just making a I mean, it's not like study time. It's just opening your Bible. And you tend to read what you've got highlighted and underlined. And you don't read the other part because obviously it's not as important. You've already got this highlighted. Am I the only one that does that? I can't tell you how many times God has said, I said, read. Okay. It shall not depart out of your mouth. Now this is Joshua. This is before Mark 11, 23 and 24 was written. This is before Proverbs was written. This, well, Deuteronomy was written. Talks about the power of life and death. Amen. I said before you, blessing and cursing. Choose life that you might live. But he's saying... This book shall not depart from your mouth, book of the law, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Now, listen, In, in uh, when I was in the 70s, and, you know, it was hippie days, you know. Um, <laughs> oh, we knew how to meditate. Now, listen, anybody know who the Hari Krishnas are? Uh, you ever heard of them? You young ones don't probably know. But they used to be in every airport selling flowers, You know, they'd be bald except with their little ponytail and a long orange robe. Now, I wasn't part of their group, but I sure liked how they meditated. So I meditated like they meditated. I would sit with my, you know, I'm not going to do it tonight, but like this. And (laughs) I'd go Krishna, 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 Hari, Krishna, Krishna. I was teaching Sunday school and playing the organ in the church, by the way. (laughs) Then it was like this, Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. Because I thought, something to it. I might just float now. Well, there's always a counterfeit to what God wants. The devil always has a counterfeit, right? Right? But now you've heard this taught here. How do you know? What's the best way to know what a counterfeit is? Know what the real thing is. If you if you've worked retail, if you worked in a bank, you've hounded money. When something that's not right, you feel it. See, I was uh, a partner with the advertising agency when I was uh, younger, and before I went into the ministry, and. Uh, One of of the things is, you know, we'd pick out paper for clients for what their stationery was or whatever, what they were doing. And so I, I was always feeling paper. And if it was cheap paper, but they were saying it was bonded paper, all I had to do was go like that and went, that's not, it's cheap. Of course, that was not a good thing when I moved to Loon Lake and we had no money and we were trying to advertise meetings, and I would go and say that we'd come to Minster and go to the Meridian Booster, because that was the only place you could get things printed in those days, and I'd say, could I fill your paper? And David would say, would you stop? Well, it's important. Well, he said, nobody else, you're the only person in Lloydminster that's going to fill the paper and go, oh, that's a cheap brochure. He said, it is cheap, because we don't have any money. <laughs> had taught Joshua what the real thing was and so the real thing had to be what Joshua had to meditate on that word meditate means to uh, think about it bring it back up think about it bring it back up and the best way you can uh, describe it is, is a cow chewing her cud she swallows it brings it back up she swallows it and brings it back up when we were cherries back there, when we were trying to trying to uh, translate a book called How to Meditate the Word into Tagalog, do you know we couldn't find a word to describe meditate in your language? Because there weren't that many cows. <laughs> and so we had to find another way to tell them, it's not just thinking about it. That's what people think. If I just think about the word. It's not. You know what? It's not important that you read five chapters a day. You might have one scripture, and God says you take that scripture and you meditate on it. And you meditate it today and you do it tomorrow. Do it till you get it. But once you got it, you got it. Okay, here we go. So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then... After you've meditated, after you've gotten it in your mouth, then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. And then, listen. This is the third time he tells him just in this one conversation. Have I not commanded you? Do you, Do you think Joshua is standing there listening to God and saying, "I must be dumb," because now he's telling me again, "Be strong and courageous." Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Well, now, Joshua didn't know what was ahead of him, but God did. So sometimes you hear a message preached, and you think, well, that was a good word, praise the Lord. I'm glad so-and-so was here to hear it. They needed it. But you got to understand, when God speaks, like in a local church, This is for us. That's why if you miss a service, you should listen on the Internet or get a CD. Get what God is saying because he's speaking particularly to those who are connected to this body. Amen? To to those who God wants to talk to. Now, when Jimmy and Brian are coming, praise God, they're coming. Hallelujah. They're coming the uh, December... The 4th and the 5th, I think it is. Is it the 3rd and 4th? Okay, 3rd and 4th. And that's a Saturday night at 7 and a Sunday morning at 10. And then they'll go to Loon Lake. You don't want to miss it. But now, listen, I've preached in Jimmy's church. And I don't preach. I don't just take a favorite. You know, well, this worked pretty good in Lloyd. I think I'll take it. (laughs) Some preachers do that. If God tells you to do it, do it. But... I pray, God, give me a word for this church. Well, that's what Brother Jimmy will do for our church. He operates in the prophetic. He's a great teacher of the word. You'll just love him and don't miss those meetings, okay? Praise the Lord. So he's saying this again. Do not tremble or be dismayed. He's, he's telling Joshua, without saying it, Joshua, there's some tough times coming. That's why God, I mean, back in 1980, God spoke in our one-room little church. Levi, I would say you remember it, but you were like one or two. 1980, you were two. You weren't alive. You were born in 81. 31st of 1981. It was before you were born. We, it was, I think it was 80. So you won't remember this, will you? <laughs> but you've heard it. In that little church, there were three uh, First Nation, and in those days we, they didn't even call themselves First Nation, uh, First Nation chiefs or former chiefs in the service that night. It was packed out. That little building, they used to break the windows in the winter time, so they could hear the word preached because we were packed out. And we'd go, don't break the windows. <laughs> Jesus. Because we were just teaching them how to give. And so the offerings, I mean, I remember the first offering we ever got was $1. And it was from the missionary down the road who came and gave a dollar. Uh, but we started getting bullets and, and rattlers and, and beadwork. And God started prospering the people. But anyway, um, God said to David, tell the native people, that the day is coming when they're going to have self-government. And they need to, have to learn how to walk by faith and to believe God and not the government. Well, I remember the chiefs going, that'll never happen. That'll never happen. We We have treaties. We will always be taken care of by the government. Well, today, there's many reserves we can't go on because they had self-government. And they don't want any non-natives coming. They don't want Christianity on their uh, reserve. But thank God we've seen some of those turn. Yeah, where we've been kicked off and now we've been, in the last year, been called back. Amen. We went to one reserve. Uh, I wasn't. I don't know, Kim might have been with David on that one reserve. I think it was Lakers, I can't remember where it was. But it was in Manitoba. And they had said, no, we don't want Christianity. We don't want to have a meeting. And Fire came down from heaven. And where was... Could, yeah, something like, split like. Fire came down. And they all saw it. Hallelujah. God will not be stopped. I got to get back to Joshua. So God knew what was going to come for Joshua. So let's go to Joshua 10. And I'm going to show you. You'll see Joshua fought battles all through. Joshua 6 talks about he was fighting with the... Uh, the king of Jericho. Um, but Joshua 10, I want to read you this and just get some points really quick here. Joshua 10. these five kings attack Gibeon. that was a, that was a, a city, Gibeon. And five kings were going to hold on to it and God wanted Joshua to take the land. Remember what he said? Every place that your foot treads, I'm going to give it to you. He didn't say, I'm going to give it to you and there won't be any problem. If you're going to win this battle, if you're going to win in life, if you're going to win the fight of faith, it is a fight. And you can't be wimpy and you can't be uh, scared and fearful. That's why God keeps telling us, be strong and courageous. Okay. Okay. Uh, let me see where we're going, because we don't have time to read the whole thing. Uh, let me go. Let's see. Verse 5. So the, king, the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jermoth, the king of Lashish, and the king of Eglon gathered together and went up, they with all their armies, this is five kings and their armies, and camped by Gibeon and fought against it. Then the men of Gibeon sent word to Joshua to the camp of Gilgal, saying, Do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us and help us. Now, remember remember the word of the Lord. I've sent you, Joshua, so that the people can have possession of the land. See, it's important to remember what God says. Sometimes we forget little points. It's important to remember what he says. This is it. Joshua, come help us. For all the kings of the Amorites that live in the hill country have assembled against us. So Joshua went up to Gilgal. He and all the people of war with him and all the valiant warriors. The Lord said to Joshua, do not fear them, for I have given them into your hands. Not one of them shall stand before you. That's what the word of the Lord saying to us about the Philippines. Don't fear. I told you to go. We didn't come up with this on our, we didn't think, I didn't go to Kim and say, you want a vacation? You've never been to DePolo if you think that's a place to go for the vacation. Praise the Lord. No, he, he had been commanded to go and fight. The Lord said to Joshua, do not fear them for I've given them into your hands. Not one of them shall stand before you. So Joshua came upon them suddenly by marching all night from Gilgal. And the Lord confounded them before Israel and he slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon and pursued them by the way of the ascent of Be- Beharon and struck them as far as Ezekiah and Makada. As they fled from before Israel while they were at the descent of Beharon, the Lord threw large stones from heaven on them <laughs> as far as Ezekiah and they died. There were more that died from the hailstones than those whom the sons of Israel killed with the sword. Now listen, we've had some pretty bad hailstorms, and thank God we know how to rebuke them, and I, I can't tell you how many times I've stood on my deck and said, no, there won't be hell, no, you're not coming near my land, you're not coming near the church, no, we're not going to have it, no, no. But listen, you don't hear of too many people dying from hell storms. I mean, I've heard of people dying, but it's not like multitudes. Don't you think that was a hell storm? That was a hellish hailstorm. Amen? God sent it. It wasn't from hell. It was from God to stop the enemies of God. Hallelujah. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the sons of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, O sun, stand still at Gibeon. And O moon in the valley of Ajalon. So the moon stood still and the moon. The sun stood still, and the moon stopped until the nation avenged themselves of their enemies. Is it not written in the book of Jashar, and the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day? There was no day like that before it or after it when the Lord listened to the voice of a man. For the Lord fought for Israel. Let me tell you, people. Did we not read that Joshua, he got, he, the guys came to him from Gibeon. They came and said, Joshua, come and help us. They're trying to take us. Come and help us. And it said that he traveled all night, didn't he? He fought all day he in the armies. And then he spoke to the sun and the moon to stand still so he could fight some more. Do you not think that he was physically tired? Do you not think that he was a little weary? I want you to know that when you are physically tired, and when you are weary, and when it feels like I can't go on another thing, that word of the Lord came up on Joshua. Joshua, be strong and very courageous. And the Lord said, I will fight. Listen, the point of this, and if you'll read this, and it's the whole thing, This was God's battle. They Listen, they weren't coming against just the people of Gibeon. They were coming against God. And God just got a little ticked off about it. And he started fighting. And so Joshua wanted them to finish the fight. Listen, when you... Get it in your heart that I am winning this battle. I will not go down defeated. The devil is not winning. You might be tired. You might be weary. But I want you to know that something can rise up in you. Something can say inside of you, come on. Get up. And you will command even... I mean, even natural circumstances. Listen, it said that this had never happened when the Lord obeyed the word of a man. Well, because that man spoke in faith. That man spoke. Why? Why did he speak in faith? How could he have done that? Because of Joshua 1.8. This word of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall keep it in the midst of your eyes, and you shall meditate on it day and night. Listen, when you have the word in you, day and night, and you're not, Joshua was not meditating on how big the armies were, how great the kings were, how many people would come out against him. He wasn't meditating. Because if you meditate on the circumstances, you'll never win. The circumstances will win. But here's the key we have to take the word of the Lord and put it in us. You're not born with all knowledge of the word, you have to put it in you. You have to be disciplined. There's just a whole lot of lazy Christians today that don't have a clue what's in their Bible. I was, well, I wasn't, I was a lazy church person. Wasn't a Christian, but I thought I was. But listen, thank God when I got born again, thank God. Someone told me, you have to get into the word of God. You have to read your Bible. That was a great revelation. People read their Bible. I thought only preachers read their Bibles. Now I know that some preachers don't read their Bibles. But this is the key that Joshua had to know is that he could not be strong and courageous if he didn't have anything in him to be strong with. You see, if if someone came up today and said, you know, you're going to run a marathon next week. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think too. <laughs> yeah, right. Most of us would go not going to happen. Now well, there might be some in here that could do it. I certainly couldn't. I'm concerned about running to catch the airplane. A marathon, not going to happen. But if I had trained and I had a goal that I'm going to run the marathon, and I had that in me, and if God had said, I want you to run a marathon, then I would know, okay, if I'm going to run a marathon, this is what i got to do. You have to be disciplined. This is so much more important than a marathon. This is a marathon of life. And it's not good enough to just win one year. It's not good enough to win two years. God's looking for the long haul. You know what? I've had some great victories in my life. I've been been very blessed. I've had great victories in my life. I've had great battles in my life. The enemies tried to kill me numerous times. I had been shot at with a machine gun uh, straight at us in the Philippines from the Muslim terrorists. Didn't touch us. Been to a Muslim, up in a Muslim area where the Muslims were surrounding us. Didn't touch us. Had a back broken, was paralyzed from the waist down. Healed in 16 days. Had a lot of my insides taken out. And the doctor's telling my husband, she she's going to die. But God. But God. And all those things, I already had the word in me. I didn't have to try and, like, well, boy, I better get some word. The word was in me. But listen, I can get lazy today, and I can just, you know, try to coast on those victories, coast on the past, and start saying the wrong things with my mouth and not saying what God says. Just getting loose with my tongue and I will be defeated. Or at least go backwards. Can't afford it. Faith in God's word is being courageous. You know it takes faith to be courageous. Fearful people are not courageous. That's just, that's a, you can't be fearful and courageous. Right? Can't do it. It knows, faith knows that in the face of a problem, God has an answer. Listen, when you have the word in you and you know that your God is for you, whatever comes against you, you can say, God's got an answer. I'm not going to know the answer right now, but God's got an answer. And I know that if I go to God, he'll tell me what to do. I'm telling you, it is so much in me now. And this has been probably six months of just all daily, and hearing the word of the Lord daily saying, it, inquire of the Lord. For the most ridiculous things sometimes, which I think are ridiculous. Why do you care, God? Like Some things like, what's it? I understand you want me, but what's it? Maybe he's just trying to teach me to inquire of the Lord. Is it? <laughs> He's not telling me why. But I'm telling you, it is in me, and I hear myself. I was talking to my, my daughter, and I hear myself. You know, we must inquire of the Lord. Talking, Kim and I talking about the Philippines. We must inquire of the Lord. Jonathan and I talk about this transition. We must inquire of the Lord. He knows. He knows. He knew that Joshua was going to fight some battles, that Joshua had no idea what it was going to be like. The day that I broke my back, all day long, I'd been hearing, I had a, this was in the, in the 1900s when we had cassettes, you know, and I was listening to uh, a little praise cassette, and the song, I am the God that healeth thee. And I would listen to it, and I'd rewind. Listen to it, rewind. All day, all the way to Saskatoon and all the way back. And then the wreck happened uh, near uh, Marshall. Or Mates, I don't remember now. Anyway, all that day. That's the only song I listened to all day. So when the, when the car started, you know, went and tumbled and tumbled and tumbled. And I landed in a ravine. And I came to, do you know what I said? You are the God that heals me. Couldn't move, but I knew he's the God that heals me. When they came and rescued me, I knew, I said it out loud, God is the God that heals me. But see, God prepared me. I never had a thought that day. Now, my husband had told me not to go that day. And I didn't obey my husband. Because I thought he just just wanted me to hang with him that day. He was like that sometimes, Stay with me, okay. But I said I have a dental appointment. I can't stay, I've got to go. If he would have said Lord the Lord is telling me you need to stay home, I would have listened. We gotta learn to be sensitive. So someone doesn't have to tag it and say the Lord said. You ought to know I wasn't listening because I had an appointment. That was <laughs> not fun. Praise the Lord, but God healed me, Amen. Joshua ten. When we read this, we want to know how did Joshua get the victory? Let, well, let's, let me just read on. Let's. No, it's eight thirty. Um, let's see here. Uh, verse sixteen said, "I'll just tell you the story." The kings, five kings, they hid in a hid in a cave. Isn't that kingly? Yeah. Great men. <laughs> Hiding in a cave. Sounds like somebody else lately, doesn't it? That was hiding in a sewer drain. Hiding in a cave. And Joshua went ahead and won the battle. And then Joshua, before before he kept fighting, he had his men roll a stone and seal up that cave. They weren't going to escape. And then he had his men come, and he said, Put your foot on their neck. Bring them out put your foot on their neck, and Joshua slew them all. And they died that day. And then Joshua, just to make the point, he hung their bodies up in a tree. <laughs> but he was saying, this is what happens when you come against God. You will not win. Listen, today our society thinks nothing about coming against God. They're... Now, this is the Old Covenant. Understand. Jesus came. Grace came. But listen, God still takes it very seriously when people come against him or his people. You can't play with this. The scripture that says, Touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. God was serious. And you and I are his anointed. That's just not talking about preachers. We're the anointed of God. So when I touch you, I'm touching God's anointed. You understand? And when I speak against another believer, I'm touching God's anointed. And God doesn't like that. Be careful that you don't speak against others. Watch your mouth. Your mouth is to fight the enemy, not each other. Amen? Amen. We're to bless, not curse. Save your your warring tongue for the devil, not for people. Amen? Amen. Okay, how did Joshua get the victory? Number one, he was on God's side. It was God's battle. God said, this is my battle. It's God's battle. When you're on God's side, you're going to have victory. You'd be smart to stay on God's side. Right? Number two, he meditated on the word day and night. Didn't let it depart. Number three, he believed what he was meditating on. Now here's a point. You will believe whatever you meditate on, good or bad. If you are meditating on, I don't know how we're going to make it, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills, I don't know what I'm going to do about such and such, if you meditate on that, instead of going to the word of God and say God I am trusting you maybe you, you can't find it in the Bible like like when God told us to move to Lloyd minster it wasn't in the Bible move to Lloydminster I wanted it to be in the Bible or for him to at least write on the wall but but you know what he did he said will you do me a favor and go start a church in Lloydminster and preach the word of faith actually he said preach faith and grace to the Midwest region that's what he said well we're smart enough to know if God says will you do me a favor what are you going to say I'm kind of busy no yes Lord It's exactly what you say he did tag that with it's going to cost you greatly but I'll pay you back I have to tell you it has cost greatly that I never thought I'd have to pay. But God will pay us back. He keeps the books. My reward is with Him. And if I have to wait till I get on the other side, I still get it. It's not my problem. He keeps the books. And so you got to meditate on what the Word says. Don't meditate on your problems. Don't meditate on circumstances. Don't meditate on what other people say. That's what our society, I mean, people are always yip-yapping. Do you know there are people, no matter what you do, somebody's going to disagree with you. Even if you're the best person in the room tonight, somebody doesn't like you. I hate to tell you that. I love all of you. I love you all. I do. That's the honest to God truth, I do. But there's going to be people that don't like. There's going to be people that want us to fail. Isn't that true? If you meditate on that, how do I know? Because I've done it. <laughs> I know it because God teaches us that. But I also know it because I've done it. I've started meditating, and I, I wouldn't even call it meditating, but I was thinking on, well, this is what this person said. This is what this person said. This is what this person said. And some of you have witnessed me just getting up and saying, I can't do it anymore. And going to my office and literally, maybe some of you, it was a Wednesday night, but you don't know what I'd had that week. I'd had leadership come in and tell me how, well, it doesn't matter, tell me stuff that wasn't good for me. And I'm sitting there and I think, how can I get up? I can't can't do this anymore. Why do I have to? So I got up and I was, said, I can't do this anymore, bless Jonathan's heart. He had to step in and figure out what to do. I went in, the, in that room. Liberty follows me in because she knows her mama. And she says, you are not going anywhere. I am too. I got my purse. I was heading out. She said, I'm going with you then. Where you go, I go. But you are not leaving. Yes, I am. They don't want me? I'm all, I'm out of here. Man I see. The devil had lied. But I there was all these arrows coming. If I had meditated on what God said, I'd been great, wouldn't I? God said, This is what you're gonna do, this is what I want you to do, I would have been fine. But I was meditating, thinking what people were saying. And the enemy will always have people tell you he sends people that you think love you to tell you how you're just not good enough christians that have been with you for years to tell you but i want you to know you have to go back to the word of the lord and what does he say i'm being real transparent here but listen this will help you because we've all had those days And the more you get into leadership, the higher up, the greater the battles. Because the enemy wants to take you all and just pump you and hit you. But you've got to go and say, what does God say? And then fourthly, Joshua, how did he get victory? He believed that what he said would come to pass. Because God said it would. He believed it. You believe what you say more than you believe what others say. If you're saying, let me just put that, let me say. Sometimes when you hear others say, you start agreeing with them. Like I did that night. They don't want me. I'm not good enough. I'm leaving. See, I agreed with the the enemy's words, right? I didn't agree with what God said. So we have to understand that you just have to obey God. Now, thank God I went through that. I I got victory. And in this time of transition, I can stand up and say, this is what God said. Hope you hang around and stay with us. But I'm going to obey God. I will obey God. But see, I've had some battles that I didn't do so good. But thank God God's... Mercy and His grace comes, and when we mess up, He comes and cleans us up like we never messed up before. He's done it many times in my life, and I'm sure He's done it in yours. But the key is let's try not to mess up so bad. Let's try to live in the victory side. Okay, okay, real quickly, Psalm 1, verse 1. You all know this. How blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners. Nor sit in the seat of scoffers. This is real important counsel, people. Watch who you, who you talk to. Watch who you talk to. There's people that scoff at us. Don't take their counsel. Blessed is a man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked. You know what God calls wicked? It's not what the world calls wicked. When those, when those spies came back and said you couldn't do it, God said that's an evil report. That's wicked. Wicked comes from the word like wicca, means crooked, perverted, right? Yeah. So anything that doesn't line up with God is crooked. Yeah. So anything that comes against you that is not according to the word of God is wicked. Yeah, is. So don't stay in that. And you know, sometimes we just try to be nice. Listen, you can be nice and get your head beat in. You can love somebody and you don't have to stay in their counsel. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. That's what Joshua had, right? And in his law, he meditates what? Day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And whatever he does, he prospers. You want to have success? You want to prosper? There's two scriptures, Joshua 1 and Psalm 1. Meditate on the word day and night. That's how it happens. There's no shortcut. There's no, you know, fast food drive-through. This is how it is. But now listen to this, the wicked are not so, this is verse 4, but they are like chaff which the wind drives away. Now that's the New American Standard, other translations say they're like chaff that gets blown around. If you keep fellowshipping or being in the council of wicked scoffers, people who aren't thinking right, then you will start being tossed around doesn't that remember what paul said they're tossed around with every wave of doctrine you don't know what you believe you you start doubting what you believe because you've listened to the wrong voices but if you go to the word of god if you meditate on the word then when you hear a voice then you know that lines up with the word you know, if you'll, if you'll have the attitude when someone starts to come and talk to you against somebody, another believer, or just about anybody, you know? If you'll say, no, I'm not going to listen, I don't want to talk about that. I will not. Listen, I've had people come in and want to talk against another pastor in the city. And sometimes I might agree with something that they might say. Sometimes. Very seldom. But I don't let them come in there and do that. I say, no, we're not talking against your pastor. If you have something against your pastor, you got to go to your pastor. I'm not the one you go to. But you don't understand. He won't listen to me. Well, neither will I. Because I don't want to become in that council. Then I become the council of the wicked. Right? Yeah. <sighs> Praise the Lord. So... If we'll meditate, we won't get tossed around. Amen. We'll have sure steps. Isaiah one nineteen says, "If you consent and obey, you will eat the best of the land." That's New American Standard. You probably know it by King James. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. You got to be willing and obedient. You can't be. You can't choose. I'm going to be obedient. Listen, how many of you when you were kids? You know, your mom and daddy told you to do something, and you went. Okay, you did it. You didn't do it willingly. You did it because you were obeying. That's all it was. It was just obedience. There was not one willing bone in your body. Your mama says, sit down. And you'd sit down, but you'd say, I'm standing up on the inside. <laughs> That's how we do God sometimes. If you want to live happy, Get your will in line with his will. Jesus said, not my w-. This is Jesus. Not my will, but yours. That's what Jesus said. If Jesus had to say that, don't you think you and I need to say that? God. Listen, when God said to me that I was going to go up to Canada, leave Texas, And go up, and it was 40 below zero the first week I was here. Do you think that I was just like, whoopee? I had to get my will in line. When God said, you're going to leave your mama, you're going to leave your family, you're going to leave your friends, you're going to leave your church, you're going to leave everything and obey me. The only good thing, I got David in the package. That was good. But the other wasn't. What I was, in fact, I had said to David, "I'll never go to Canada. It's just too cold." Now, when they're trying to get me to move to Texas, I'll say, "I tell them, I'll never move to Texas. It's too hot." Because I got willing, and I got obedient, and I got happy. Amen. Hallelujah. Your success depends on your choices. Doesn't depend on anything except you choose the right thing. You choose God's way. You must consent to do it his way. Consent and then do it. That's being willing and obedient. Last scripture. Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. That's what Joshua was doing, wasn't he? He was seeking first God's kingdom. He was fighting the Lord's battle. The Lord was fighting with him. And listen, more people were killed by the Lord's hailstorm than by all the swords of, of Joshua and his mighty men. Right? So our, our job is to link in with him. Just link in with him. And what he says, we do. And when he says don't do, we don't do. We just become, he's, it's not robots, because robots don't have a will. This is a wonderful thing about us. With the Lord. I give my will to you. I give myself to you. When you get married. You give yourself. To that person. Well that's so sweet. At the altar. In your beautiful gown. In your beautiful tuxedo. I shouldn't say this in front of these two. Here. We'll put this up. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. I do. And then there comes the day when I don't. <laughs> but I've already done. I did, I do. But I don't. But I do. I can't don't because I've already do Because I give that just that just had a whole nother meaning when I got married, what it meant to give myself to my husband, to give myself to a nation, to give myself to a church, a whole new meaning that meant that I can't have my little Thing that I quit? Because I've already doed. I've already said I do. You're already in my heart. So I could drive as far as I could get, and you'd still be in my heart. And the and the assignment, the call of God would still be on me. Whether I did it or not. So I'd just be smart to do it. Let me just read this to you in amplified. Can you put that in the Amplified dairy, just real quick? Matthew six We'll close with this. Thank you, Jesus. But seek, aim at, and strive after first of all his kingdom, his righteousness. I love the way this is. His way of doing and being right. Do you know God's always right? And then all these things taken together will be given to you besides. So, my first thing is to seek, aim at, and strive after His kingdom. That means I empty me of me. And I stand at this altar and I say, I give you everything, I give you my dreams. I give you my thoughts. I give you my self. I give you my time. I give you my money. I give you my relationships. I give them to you. I pour myself. That's what Jesus did. He poured himself out for us. He left glory to come give himself. And sometimes we get a little, you know, tired of just... Showing up at church. Shame on us. But here's the wonderful thing. We get to start fresh. It's never too late. No matter where you are tonight, it's not too late. And let me tell you, to be watchful of this. That sometimes we have had great victories and we've lived right, really right before the Lord and we get, we get sloppy in our walk with the Lord. And we get sloppy with our tongue. And we get sloppy with our thoughts. We can't afford it. Because there's great battles. But there's great victories. And always remember that God's fighting with us. <laughs> Listen, if if Samson could take a jawbone of a donkey and slay all those people, how much more can we take with the Word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, and not slay people, but get people to die to self and live unto righteousness? Amen? We're not out trying to kill people. We're out trying to get people born again. Amen? That is killing the self of being born into righteousness. Amen? Hallelujah, let's stand up. Father, thank you that you gave Jesus to us to show us how we could do this. Thank you for Joshua, his obedience, Lord. Thank you for fighting battles for us that we sometimes don't even know we have. Lord, thank you that you are always on our side. Lord, thank you for giving us a Bible in our own language so we can read it and meditate on it and have it become real to us. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen.